Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to the Arkansas AgCast for November 18th. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. This week, we talk about the price of Thanksgiving dinner, along with personal Thanksgiving traditions and memories. We also catch up with Pulaski County Farm Bureau President Debbie Moreland about policy development and Farm Bureau's upcoming annual convention, and we get the latest on rice and cotton markets. First, Arkansas Farm Bureau's Shaley Wallace Barber sat down with Pulaski County Farm Bureau President Debbie Moreland at the conclusion of last week's annual Farm Bureau Resolutions meeting. She talked about the importance of being a grassroots organization and why members should attend the upcoming 87th annual Arkansas Farm Bureau convention. She also talked about her path to leadership as a woman in Arkansas Farm Bureau. So I'm here with Debbie Moreland. She is the County Farm Bureau President for Pulaski County. Can you tell us what we've been doing here today, Debbie? This is one of the things that makes Farm Bureau so significant and also uh, probably one of the best grassroots groups because it does allow people at the local level to make decisions about how they want the policy to go forward. And so it's incredibly important in the field of agriculture that we make sure that we get the voice of producers and farmers and ranchers. So do we officially call this Resolutions Day, Resolutions Meeting? What's the official title for today? They call it a Resolutions Committee, but these are the resolutions that have come up through the counties to the state. We have this committee, and then everybody resolves it. We discuss it. Uh, We talk about the pros and cons. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. But uh, then from there, it goes on to the state meeting, which will be held uh, December 1st through the 3rd. And then that will give everybody an opportunity to look at them one more time before they're voted. You talked about the pros and cons. We saw a lot of diverse opinions today. Can you kind of speak to that with Arkansas agriculture? What it is, is you've got such a diverse uh, group of people in that room. You've got everything from dairy to rice farmers to horticulture. I mean, the list goes on and on. And sometimes what benefits one puts a burden on the other. And so you have to try to look and see how can you compromise so that that way the guy, the row crop guy gets the highest price he can get for his grains, but by the same thought is understanding that that livestock guy is having to buy that grain. So we try to look at it so that we can make sure everyone's represented. And, you know, you spoke to grassroots organization and how that serves the members. What do we see that looking like at state convention? We didn't adjourn today. We took a recess. So this picks back up. What does that process look like when we get to the state meeting and state convention? I think by then what we're going to find is a lot of people have had an opportunity to having heard all the discussion today to think about these things and to think about, you know, um, you know, tax uh, cutting the taxes that always comes up. But we also have to weigh that with the fact that if we cut taxes on one end, then we have to look at well, how does that impact agricultural exemptions on the other end. So from now until state, it gives people to go back to their counties and their November meetings and talk about these things and say, before we vote on them to finalize them at the national at the uh, at our annual meeting, you know, do we all agree with that? Do we think it's good policy? Do we think it's something that we want the world to know? This is how we stand and this is what we're about. So with this being a lot of board members and county board members, county presidents, state board members here today, they come to state convention and get to discuss and vote on these topics that have come up the system from the counties. But what do you want county members to know about what's at convention to benefit them and why they should attend? I would encourage any county member, if they can come, even if they can just come for one day, 
they can find not only the biggest, one of the biggest things about these meetings is the networking, is of seeing that there are other people that are struggling with some of the same things you have, or maybe they've got a new idea, or maybe there's some new technology that you want to talk to somebody about. So the networking is always, in my opinion, one of the top things, but it's also about the fact that you do feel like that you have a voice and the fact that you're not just out there on a farm in Adona, Arkansas by yourself, but that you have an entire organization that has come together and said, we've heard your voice, we support it, we're going to fight for it at the Capitol, at Congress, whatever it might be, so that that way those members know that they've got someone that is going to stand ready for them when they're home taking care of the chickens or taking care of the cows or whatever it might be. That's great. You know, it comes really full circle when you get to be at convention and see the way that your county board members are working for you and how that moves up to American Farm Bureau and then right on up to the hill and what they're doing for us there. We kind of want to double dip today with you, though, and talk a little bit about your background and kind of your rise to leadership here with Farm Bureau because you're one of the few women that were in the voting room today. Well, uh, it started off originally, I'm married to a, a farmer. Uh, he retired after 62 years. We'd been married 40-something years. So um, I got to know a lot about row crop and livestock because we had like 2,500 acres of row crop and 300 head of cattle. So we got to see a lot of the different sides. But from that, my father-in-law had always served on the Conservation District Board. And after 40 years, he said, I want to go off and I want you to come on. My background's actually nursing. I'm a nurse practitioner. But I thought at the time, oh, I just didn't think that could be a benefit to us. But I said I would do it for one year, and that was in 1992. And so from there, I got to understand that the, if you look at the conservation districts, it's pretty much almost exactly the same people as what we saw in this room today. Because you find in these rural areas, your leadership is pretty limited. You don't have as many people to pick from. And so I got on the conservation district board, moved on up to state president, and then from that, I now I do contract work for the state association. But the beauty of it is, is for the most part, um, my job is to make sure that our conservation districts are working with those local landowners to be sure that they get every benefit that is available to them through USDA, whether it be FSA, NRCS, whatever it might be, to make sure that they get the resources that they need on their farms to help them be sustainable. So how did you get introduced to Farm Bureau from that position? You know, how long have you been involved with Farm Bureau? Well, my husband was actually the president of our county Farm Bureau back in the 80s. <laughs> and uh, at that time, there, was, there weren't that many women that were actually on the board. They were in the women's committee. But I was very fortunate to have a mentor, Betty Oliver, who um, was on the board with me. And she and I both, uh, the board, our men just automatically just embraced us as a board member. And uh, so with Betty's guidance, she worked um, for extension for many years until she passed away. But she was a great mentor to help me understand how it's a really pretty tight-knit. You've got extension, you've got research, you've got all of that. And the Farm Bureau is such an integral part of supporting that. And then the conservation districts are behind pushing as well, but a lot of it is the same people in Arkansas. Our leadership uh, in rural areas, it's very difficult to get people willing, especially young farmers, to step up. And we desperately need those young farmers because the way my husband farmed is dramatically different than the way a farmer today, young farmers, are doing it. So we need that young, we need that young voice, and, uh, but by the same token, 
I deeply value these older members that have institutional knowledge. They understand where we came from, and they understand what agriculture really means not only to that farm, but to that community and to this state as a whole. So what year did you become a board member? Uh, probably it would have been, I would imagine, about 2000. So you've seen a lot of growth and change, not only in farming and ranching here in Arkansas, but also in the organization itself. I have, uh, the Farm Bureau has, it, it has evolved into, um, uh, and you know, I don't want to say that we've lost anything because we haven't, mm-hmm. but what we find is that we've adapted And it was like during this whole period with COVID, a lot of our Farm Bureau meetings were held by Zoom. You know, so we've adapted. And then we also find that I have some that they may be out on a tractor working on harvest, but they can still participate. So they have evolved. And that is a lot to do with some of our, well, I say younger, there'll be 50s, 60s that still do it. But it really has evolved to understanding that we also, we need to do a better job of telling our story to our non-traditional clients, people that go into a grocery store, they see hamburger $6 a pound. They don't understand that that farmer's not getting $5 Mm -hmm. of it. And so, um, and I I would make that criticism even of a conservation district. We don't talk about our successes, and we need to do a better job of that because our goal has always been to provide the cheapest, most abundant, and safest food supply in the world. And that's really what all the programs are about. It's to make sure that that consumer gets that product when they go in there. And um, a lot of times people forget that. But it, it really truly is more all these programs and practices and everything else that we do. It's to make sure those farmers are sustainable, that they're producing, they're producing abundantly, and they're doing it at a price that the consumer, even though they may not like paying $6 a pound for hamburger, at least it's readily available for them. Absolutely. And I think what you spoke to, we're really seeing come full circle with even the theme of convention, past, present, and future. I think it's great to look at the traditions and the values that Farm Bureau has been founded on and that they hold true to, but also see the ways they're growing and like you said, adapting. So for some of those young farmers and ranchers and those people that you want to encourage to get involved What would you like to say to them as we kind of head towards convention and really want to see a great turnout there, especially with those that are going to be the next generation in agriculture? What I would encourage them to do is even if they don't get to do anything but coming one day, if they would just come, if nothing else, come on Wednesday or Thursday. Friday's pretty much the delegate day, so there's no point in them coming then. But, you know, they will be surprised at how many people are there to support them, to help them. Uh, And they can also begin to see what an impact they can make in their own communities uh, just by the fact that they've educated themselves. There's a lot of issues in there that I don't understand. But having said that, coming and listening to some of these things, it helps me going, oh, well, gee, I hadn't thought of it like that. And I think that's where they can really help educate themselves. And then they can go back and they can not only have a better opportunity on their own farm, but that they also can help educate the people around them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Debbie. It's really exciting to see the leadership that you're providing as a woman in agriculture and the role that you play here in Arkansas Farm Bureau. And we're just, we're very grateful that you have joined us today and that you were willing to share your perspective. Well, I was very fortunate to have a father-in-law that said, I want you to do this. And uh, I didn't think it was something I would be interested in, but um Uh, And that's what I would tell anyone out there. Encourage your wives and daughters to get involved. 
because many times they are going to be that person at the home that's going to support your son or yourself, or they may farm themselves. We see now 57% of the land in Arkansas, private landowners owned by women. So you really do need to involve them. And uh, I've never really particularly been a feminist, mm-hmm. but I, and, and I'm still not, but by the same token, as I see myself as a helpmate, Absolutely. And uh, I think as long as you realize that that's what we're here for is to help you, to make your life easier, to make it better, that's why a lot of farm wives work, you know, because they know they need their income to support their husband at home. And that's okay. I have never had a problem with that. I love to work. I still love to work. (laughs) And so it's okay. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we hope to see you all at convention. It's coming on us quickly. It's approaching. And we saw a lot of great progress today. And we hope to see you there and to continue to move towards the future of Arkansas Farm Bureau. Next, Arkansas Farm Bureau Director of Commodity Activities and Market Information, Brandy Carroll, joined us to give us the latest on the November rice and cotton markets. Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau, and today I'm visiting with Brandy Carroll, Farm Bureau's Director of Commodity Activities and Market Information. In that last part, market information, that's what we're going to talk about today, Miss Brandy. Welcome to AgCast. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Keith. Oh, yeah. It's always good to have you here and to get everybody updated on what's going on with the markets. And today we're going to talk about the November crop production and supply demand reports that just came out almost brand new. That's right. That's right. Uh, new market information from uh, just from last week. Uh, so I thought we'd start with rice. Uh, they USDA is now forecasting record rice yields across the country. Arkansas, California, Missouri, Mississippi are all forecast to set new uh, record yields this year. We are currently looking at an estimate of 7,756 pounds per acre or over 172 bushels an acre averaged across the country, which is, um, uh, you know, a new record. And obviously uh, that's huge. It's it's good news for farmers. Acreage was down. We've been talking about that all year. Uh, Acreage was down across the country by over half a million acres. So, um, you know, total production is still down from last year, but, um, you know, that yield is making up for some of that lost acreage. So we're looking at a total production of 193.8 million hundredweight. Wow, that's uh, that's really good news for all our rice farmers, Arkansas being the number one rice producer in the country. So that's, that's great news. That's right. Uh, even better news is that uh, prices are projected to stay high. The projected on-farm price for long grain is $13 a hundredweight and $14 a hundredweight for medium grain. And right now, if you look at the futures charts, January futures are trading very near contract high levels with resistance between $14.21 and $14.22. That's um, almost looks like a double top on the market. Yeah, right. Pretty close. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other commodity we want to talk about today is cotton. Where does that stand? Well, there were not a... There were not big changes in the cotton report. We did, though, add, again, a little bit to our uh, estimated yield. So um, we are now projecting, or USDA is now projecting, that yields across the country will average 880 pounds per acre. That's up 33 pounds per acre from 2020. Um, 
Harvest is now, uh, it's just 65 complete as of this Sunday. So, you know, we could see additional changes to right. that number. But, um, but you know, anytime we see those increases in yield, is you know, that that's good for our farmers. And uh, the U.S. production overall is estimated to be 18.2 million bales. That's a lot of cotton. That's a lot of cotton. A lot of t-shirts, huh? <laughs> it is, and a, a lot of jeans. Uh, and that's up 25% from 2020. Um, but And ending stocks are pegged at 34 min, million bales. That is, it's up 200,000 bales from the previous report, um, but still a, a much more manageable level than what we were looking at a year ago for sure. And the on-farm average price for cotton, uh, like rice, is, is very positive at 90 cents a pound, and that's a 36% increase from 2020. More good news. That's right. And, you know, obviously in 2020 we saw um, demand really suffer for cotton during the pandemic. You know, people couldn't shop. um, Factories were shut down. A lot of trade was shut down. But that's, you know, that demand has really picked up. And so we've seen very high prices for cotton, which, again, is good for our farmers. If you look at the futures charts, I mean – it's just been almost astronomical to watch those charts go up. Resistance for December is uh, at the high of a dollar and twenty over a dollar and twenty one cents a hundred weight. So that is um, that that's a great price on the futures charts if you're looking to price your cotton. So it's nice. We got a really good report. Lots of good news for our farmers. Things are are happening during harvest that everybody uh, should be happy to see. So. Uh, a very bright report this month, and we'll uh, see what comes up when we get to December. It won't be long down the pipe. It, it won't, and um, it's always nice to report good news. So. Thank you very much, Brandy. Finally, Jason Brown and Jenny Higgs share the results of American Farm Bureau's 36th annual Thanksgiving survey and highlight how much it will cost to feed a family of 10 this year. The two also talk about Thanksgiving traditions, the best pie at the table, and much more. We are here to talk about Thanksgiving today. Uh, it is Thursday. We are one week away from Thanksgiving. By the way, the Arkansas AgCast will take next week off in honor of Thanksgiving. So enjoy that time with your families. Um, and, yeah, we look forward to being back uh, the following week, which will be our uh, Arkansas State Convention uh, edition. But today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, during today's, uh, during this episode, I guess, we're going to cover the American Farm Bureau's annual Thanksgiving meal survey. This is the 36th year uh, that the American Farm Bureau has put out their survey. And uh, frankly, we're going to have some fun along the way talking about Thanksgiving traditions and meals and things like that. And I am uh, very happy uh, to tell you that my colleague Jenny Higgs has joined me for this one. So if you have, if you're a, uh, a listener to the Arkansas AgCast, then you know that. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, producer Matthew. Then you know that uh, when Jenny and I get in here together for an AgCast, it's going to be fun. Yeah, lots of fun. We've internally called it the J and J segment. Yeah. So in case anyone wants to make that go viral, just. Mm. Let me know. Yeah, we were asking earlier where where folks should send uh, their uh, fan oh, mail. Oh yeah, for sure. We so. we definitely have a PO box that we'll <laughs> hand out that you could send fan mail to. 
Well, let's let's dive in. This is uh, all about Thanksgiving, um, and so we're going to go over. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Thanksgiving meal survey, um, this is this is a survey where um, the American Farm Bureau goes out and shops for Thanksgiving dinner uh, across the country, comes back, pulls the information together, and uh, puts a price on on a Thanksgiving dinner for ten. Mm-hmm. So we'll get there. I don't want to. I don't want to get to the to the exciting stuff quickly. Okay. But first I have a question for you, Jenny. Oh, great. Yeah. So, if, yeah. So Jenny has no idea what questions I'll ask her today, which yeah, makes I this do, always kind of fun. I do no prep whatsoever. And <laughs> That's Jason right. does all the work. So. That's right. All right, Jenny. If you were cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, everyone would be depressed. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> if you were cooking Thanksgiving dinner, what would be on your shopping list and i'm gonna make this shopping list as we go uh a turkey okay great starch yeah well got internally you know put on that halloween costume (laughs) of martha stewart that we talked about a few weeks ago yeah yeah get my inner and let's make this list uh all right i gotta go through stuffing okay uh cranberry stuff sauce okay things cans um I feel like sweet potatoes are somewhere in there. I'm yeah. thinking of my grandma. She makes this, or my mom makes this marshmallow sweet potato. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Just go ahead and marshmallow. Sweet potato casserole, I think. With many marshmallows yeah, across yeah, yeah, the yeah. top. That's it. That's it. <sighs> Obviously, as y'all can tell, I cook a lot. <laughs> um, green green beans. Yeah. Okay. I already said stuff. What's, uh, what's on the dessert table? Probably like pumpkin pie. Yeah. Pecan pie. Okay. Oh. God, you've hit like so many questions for me already. I love this. Seriously? Yeah, I'm not joking. Man, I never did this well in school. I have, I have, I know you. This is how this do is, you know? This sound is no. I mean, I, I, I guess that means I've assumed, which is <laughs> not like, not a I good thing. You didn't do well in school. <laughs> well, considering the level of preparation you do for this. Podcast. No preparation. <laughs> Jason, Jason walked in here and had like 30 pieces of paper with all this info. And he's like shuffling it and setting it out. And I'm like, hey, man, what's all that? And he's like, it's for this podcast. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's our prep. I just kind of show up. And All right. Are you at the adult table <laughs> or are you at the kid table? Does your family have a kid table? It, dip, it depends. Okay. It depends. Um, at my parents' house, mm-hmm. so that little inner family Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at the adult table. Okay, which is great. Well, that's good. Thank you. I expected um, you to be there. Thank you. Uh, when we go over to the bigger Thanksgiving, which is at my aunt's house, Uh-oh. and it's with like the grandparents and stuff like that. I mean, let's let's be honest. Is there a tween table or something? Okay, okay? Let, but like let's be honest here. Like all my cousins are my age. <laughs> So, like, were we kids at one point? Yes. Are we grown adults now? Questionable. Not in the eyes of the adults. I think you're onto something. You know? So, like, yeah, yeah, I'm at an adult table. It just happens to be with people my age. (laughs) But there's also, we I have nieces and nephews now. Yeah. And they do kind of get their own spot because they get really bored with our conversation. Yeah. Okay. I'm, like, at a a mid-level. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Mid-level management. Yeah, yeah. That's my sweet spot. I see. Okay. All right. Well, a couple other questions popped up, but we're we'll we'll get to that. So 
So, so you've kind of put your list together. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I think you did well. I think Thank what you. you said. Did you hear that, Mom? So far, the so the survey that American Farm Bureau does has a list of 12 items mm-hmm. that goes in what they call the Thanksgiving basket for 10 people. Okay. I'll call it, we'll call it Thanksgiving dinner for this conversation. Okay. You hit every item. Dang. Yep. And there's more. We'll, we'll talk about them. Good job. Uh, I'm looking for everyone for affirmation. <laughs> I'm like, so, but here's a question I have for you. This year, 2021, overall, what is the price of that 12-item Thanksgiving basket if you were feeding 10 people? Now, this is this will be a true this, test if you've ever cooked. This is messed up because, no, I do not cook. In fact, my <laughs> boyfriend cooks almost every dinner we have. Yeah. Um. Wow. You want me to? So, like, what should I do? I should probably think of each item and what they cost. Or, you you know what you can do? Just give me, you. I would give me a total bill or you can tell me price per person to cook Thanksgiving dinner. No pressure. This is going to have to be a guess because we don't have enough time for me to actually try to think That's through it. this. I, I don't want to hurry you. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking I got to get the turkey down in my head, which I luckily just heard someone in the hallway. Uh-huh. They said they bought a turkey for $30, which uh-huh. will go into prices, I'm sure, in a minute. But yeah, I'm going to go with that for a turkey. How okay. much does a turkey feed? I don't know. A whole family? I guess so. Uh, I'll so, tell you. I, I don't know. I think <laughs> no way five Matthew. turkeys has to be out of control producer matthew the other the other the other non-chef in the room says five turkeys probably if you're feeding 10 people That's uh, out of control. goodness are you guys running a, a soup kitchen or are you cooking dinner for all right okay the okay, answer okay. to your the answer to the question is for 10 people this year's thanksgiving basket is 53 dollars and 31 cents forever for all 10 yeah to feed the group. I would have definitely gone higher. $5.31 a person. I would, yeah, I would have definitely probably been in like the 80 to 100. 80 bucks, yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you think stupid. it's up or down this year over last year? Well, you know, Jason, if you stopped mentioning things in the hallway before I came in here, <laughs> then I wouldn't know this, but I'm going to go ahead and guess, okay. quote unquote, uh, I'm gonna say it's uh like up this year. Yeah, I bet. But I honestly, I bet anybody who's been to the grocery store in the past. I'm just gonna always say things go up every year because <laughs> that's probably you know, a safe bet. <laughs> when, uh, it yeah, better? it's up. It's up up about 14 percent over what it was last year. That's um, a, that's a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, I think depends. Last year it actually was down four percent over 2019. So. Mm. Um, you know, we've earned that back and a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just some things, um, you know, some, some reasons that I guess prices have increased. And this is, again, our friends at American Farm Bureau pulled some of this together. But um, of course, you got COVID uh, pandemic disrupting the supply chain. I yeah, think we, that's we a, that's a talk thing. and hear about that a lot, especially in agriculture. Uh, there's some inflation in there. You've got an increase in food consumption at home. So I think, of course, during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people eating more at home than they normally would. Yeah. Um, so that helps. Which brings me to the question. Did you cook more at home in 2020 and, and portions of 2021? Um, Over the past 20 months, I guess. So uh, this this is a great, great question. Um, in the year 2020, uh-huh. I was... Um, 
living with my parents. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, okay. Y'all, listen, well, then we know the answer to that question. <laughs> I, I think the question is: uh, Did you eat more home cooked meals? Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I definitely at my parents. I ate more home cooked meals. Also, guys, I'm not going to get into why I was living with my parents, but like, I just want y'all to know it made sense at the time. I'm no longer there. All right. Speaking Everyone goes back <laughs> once. <laughs> speaking of, well, it's, speaking of living with your parents, before you live with your parents, you lived on the West Coast. I'm curious, what is a West Coast Thanksgiving That's probably dinner? why I ended up living with my parents. Avocado toast. Yeah. A West Coast Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They probably, you know, with, with turkeys, they're probably like, turkeys have feelings. We don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so uh yeah they're definitely avocados or tacos or burritos they're like our burrito thanksgiving and you're yeah. just like all right cool some taco chico and yeah you know, all of that all right cool well yeah so and then you've got a high global demand for food especially animal protein that was the other reason that we saw an increase mm. so um I've got another question for you. So you talked Great. about you don't any any other big things you want to come out with about my life right now. So, <laughs> I was living with my parents. What else? Listen, what else? It's not a therapy session. If you <laughs> were charged, all right. So you're not a cook. So let's go back <laughs> to this. We've established like, that makes me feel bad. Oh my! All right. So well, you're not a cook. You lived with your parents. You, what else, you bum? Yeah. Uh, all right. So all right. If yeah. you were put in the situation where you had to cook, <laughs> knowing everything we've established. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll play. Would you be tempted to order Thanksgiving dinner from a delivery service? One for, of the for popular. 10, for like yeah. 10 people. Yeah. No, I would yeah. do 50. I would do the grocery store. Okay, all right. $50 well, for the whole meal versus like yeah. 200 Well, I, I tell you that you're probably making the right choice there uh, because, you know, those delivery services, obviously, they save time. They're convenient. But if you go uh, delivery service for Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to pay about 30% more than what our cost is right now. And here, here's the thing, though. I think the what makes Thanksgiving so great besides the people that you're surrounded by mm-hmm. is the fact that, like, the meal was prepped by people there. Like, that's a part of Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, is it the, the cooking together you know, the being together, the getting everything prepped, like that's a part of the holiday. Yeah. 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 So, well, and I would add too, you know, I mean, look, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. We talk about sweet potatoes being grown in cross County or white County or, you know, sweet potatoes being grown everywhere. We know we have a a pretty strong poultry, you know, Turkey industry Mm -hmm. here in the state. You could probably, um, Build your Thanksgiving dinner table in the state. Like locally? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's cool, too. I think that's really cool. I think that's honestly something that we should look at doing is, like, building Sourcing out a that. local Thanksgiving with, you know, giving a guide for that. A shop list or a yeah. shopping list or a guide. I think, all right, for Christmas, we're doing it. Well, that's what I've wanted to do for Christmas is, like, yeah. 12, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. I've wanted to do, like, a Oh, my gosh. Know, I love day. this. Man, so good at my job. And then we could go to each place. All right, all right, this is happening. This is the thing. So stay tuned to the Arkansas ICAST. We are going to have a yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 <clears throat> stops of Christmas or something, something. like that. We'll, yeah, okay. We'll work on it. All right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, so I I think, honestly, you could make a Thanksgiving meal with every yep. 
commodity with commodities grown in Arkansas, oh, yeah. in the state of Arkansas. That's cool. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, you hit most everything on the list, and uh, turkey pie crust, whipped cream rolls, cram- fresh cranberries, whole milk, frozen peas. I don't no. think I said that. Yeah, you didn't, and that's okay with me if those weren't on the table. Thank you. Sweet potatoes, uh, a veggie tray, why are they frozen? and stuffing. What's that? Yeah, why are the, why are the peas frozen? Peas frozen? Yeah, I don't know. Matthew. You know. Matthew comes with the hard-hitting questions. Fam- <laughs> you know, family get-togethers can get a little rough sometimes. If somebody gets a bump. You got to put the peas on the You got the peas That's, that's the exactly eye. probably what they're I mean, for. Some violence. Um, yeah, so so I'm just curious. Is there anything from missing from this list? Like, like right now, if you were. I mean, I mentioned it beforehand. Everything I said was on there, right? I mean, just besides about. The, the marshmallows, yeah. that's a hot, hot take. Cause. I'll tell you, the rolls are hard to come by this year. Like, we try to get. We're big sister Schubert's fans oh, at yeah. my house. Mm-hmm. Kroger was out, and we had to. Actually, we had to go to Target to get them. Yeah, so there was one you said on there that I was like, eh, give or take, but yeah, St- all right, stuffing's on here. Yeah. So, is it dressing or is it stuffing? Ooh, is it just stuffing when you put it in the turkey, but dressing when it's just sitting on the plate? I think that's a technical definition, but I'm going to remind you that you live in the South, and this is called dressing. It is called dressing in the South. I forget. Yeah. Unless I, I, the exception is if it comes out of the box. Mm. Stovetop stuffing, I think you can get away with calling it stuffing, but you're right, it is called dressing. Elsewhere it's dressing. Yeah. Well like, if you don't agree, tell us like I think you take the dressing and you stuff it in the turkey so they call it stuffing. Yeah. There's I more think, than just I think there's a good there. justification. I'm just telling you in the South, it's like yeah. there's no you know yeah. everybody drinks Coke. It doesn't matter if it's, it's a Mountain soda. Dew or a yeah. Pepsi or whatever. That's what uh one time I traveled to DC and the guy was like, What do you want? I was like, I want a Coke. He's like, All right, so Coca Cola and I was like, No, a Sprite. And he goes what you want a coke i was like yeah i want a sprite it was a whole like in that guy's defense that's a ridiculous thing. request like clearly you could say sprite like you followed up with sprite and like All right, that guy's like, in the right guys i was 12 like back up All that right? guy's in the right i was like, like yeah he's like do you want to do you want a soda i was like yeah i'll have a coke and yeah he's like all right so go go and i'm like well no i want a sprite <laughs> did you order a burger when you wanted chicken nuggets too or what like all right not even relevant <laughs> I'm just saying. Not even. Not even. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> all right. So, all right. I got another question for you. So, okay. I, like I told you, you gave me so many questions when you were making your grocery list. Yeah. All right. It's time for cranberry sauce. Mm. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, you know where it's going. It's been a survey. Uh, I, I guess it's been a hot take on my outside my office all week. Yeah. Fresh cranberry sauce, canned cranberry sauce. Uh, I say canned. Yeah. Only because I know that's what my family makes it with. Uh Uh-huh. But also, Jason has a board outside his door where he puts, like, hot take statements or questions. So when people pass by, they have to answer. So right now, it's a canned versus sauce. It is. And you land on the canned Canned, side, right? For sure. Like, I've tried to do... I've even made fresh cranberry sauce. Like, tried really hard a couple years ago. Yeah. I can't do it, man. Matthew, do you have an opinion? Cranberry sauce sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, he's Matthew's the editor opinion of this is podcast. No, so. no cranberry sauce is, is his opinion. So, yeah. Uh, and then last question. Okay. Pick one pie. The rest go away. Forever? Yeah. 
<sighs> okay. I can um, give you options. All right, let's do that. Let's give me options, okay. and I'll pick from those. The pies that are most likely to show up at my Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner are probably pecan, mm-hmm. definitely pumpkin, ours. yep, chocolate. Oh, I'm doing pumpkin pie. That's staying. See, I thought I thought apple would be in there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think I'm gonna go pumpkin. Yeah, that's staying. Yeah, all the others can go. Pumpkin stays. Yep. Okay. All right. No, I respect that. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I could, I don't know that I have a choice. It's like pie's pie, man. I love it. Right. But you just made me give an ultimatum on which pie I had to do. If I could do all the I pies, know. I would do all of them. <laughs> Jason just, he just made the, asked me the question. And he's like, oh, I would keep all of them. And no, like, I didn't what? say I would keep all of them. I'm saying like, <laughs> you, whatever one you leave, I'm going to be good with. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. Here's the question. Oh, <laughs> well, I would like all of them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You can do the prep next time. <laughs> no, if I do the prep next time, people, I don't even know if we have a subscriber base, but uh, we're not going to. Well, no, I think, yeah, no, I think my point is just like all pie is delicious. All right. I can agree on that. Um, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Pumpkin. All right. Pumpkin's pretty good. I I guess that's where the whipped cream comes in on the Thanksgiving it's basket too. Pie. Yeah, you can't in count. My book you can't it count is. the cheesecake. Mm, don't, I wouldn't do that for Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah. I'd eat it. But. No. All right. Cheesecake's now you're just being complicated. Cheesecake's very Christmas to me. Yeah, that's more Christmas to me. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. Or weddings. I don't know. Not weddings. I don't know why I said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take us out with. Do you guys have? Oh my goodness! Do you guys have a, uh, a a unique Thanksgiving tradition? I mean, any time with the Higgs is a unique time, for <laughs> sure. Um, um, but like, so my aunt's really big on. If we were talking about Fourth of July, man, I'd love to share that. Tradition. Oh really? It's okay. Flags and right. marching and stuff. Oh, well, oh. But uh, we're coming back for that. We'll have to hit that up next Fourth yeah. of July. But uh, for Thanksgiving, my aunt and my grandmother love us playing games like okay. either ones they found online somewhere like it's never like you're running the mill like we're gonna play chess get out monopoly it's, or yeah. whatever no no no, no. Yeah. it's like i found this this antler game <laughs> toss rings around the antlers or like here's a bunch of ping pong balls and some cups it's like a oh so these are like interactive ra- games oh, you can't see you're oh, not no, sitting no, no, at the no, table no 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 these are like we are moving like we are <laughs> working go- off the turkey and it's like Weird versions of like like beer pong, Normal but game. for like G rated, you know, like it's like a bunch of cups on Sparkling the ground. Sparkling cider, yeah. yeah, it's insane. And then, uh, yeah, she ha- that we always play just like four or five of these games, and we've done them since we were little kids. Oh, it's just wow. funnier now because we're grown adults and we're still so stoked. Well, depends on what table. We yeah, go. you're right. We're mi- we're mid management adults, <laughs> and we're still like so stoked to go and just like do this, do these things, whether how kiddish that's they awesome. Look or I not, love it. We don't care. Yeah. So we always play those. It gets pretty. The Higgs are super competitive. I feel bad for my <laughs> other side of the family. The in-laws or my other side, my cousin, my other cousins. They're they're competitive, but like I think we're like just aggressively. This is like Team Higgs. Like but you guys all, are no, showing up. We're all against each other though. They always split us up. So oh. it's really Higgs going against Higgs and. We're ready. They're just coming along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, of this they're like, we're like, y'all need a family therapy <laughs> session because <laughs> Leah and Parker and Jenny are way too much right now. Are your parents like this too? 
Yeah, they competitive? are. Competitive? Yeah. Oh, they're super yeah. They're super competitive. They're oh, this is fun. This is this is good. I won't dive into more of my family. If y'all ever want like a family therapy session with me or learn about my life <laughs> and where it's at, feel free to tune into my non-existent podcast. Yeah. Well, real quick, you know, we talked about turkeys quite a bit and the price of turkeys, but uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. There were 214 million turkeys raised in the U.S. this year. Uh, is down a little bit over last year by 4%, but still USDA says plenty of turkeys uh, to meet customer demand. So go out, get That's your awesome. turkey, and, and have a good Thanksgiving. Um, also, uh, grocery store retailers uh, tend to start um, maybe dropping the price or offering deals uh, this week. So if you haven't bought it yet, you might, might actually get a good deal. Uh, and don't forget, this is a public service note, I guess. Like, don't forget to thaw that thing out. Like, buy the buy your turkey with plenty of time to thaw it out. Jenny, uh, I know that you would probably just, well, I don't know when you would put it in, but it would need to be more time than you would assume. No, let so. me tell you, no one in my whole life is going to ask me to bring the turkey to uh, <laughs> You don't think so? Oh, no. no oh, I no. think we can do this. No, I think my I, brother-in-law Mark is the the guy. The cook. That. He he loves that smoked so or I'm, I'm fried. Have that. He does a smoker. Yeah, he, he does like multiple, but yeah, that's yeah. good. Remember when I said five turkeys? Yeah, see. Yeah, Matthew, yeah. All kind right. Of, kind of well, I'm also gonna smoke turkey this year, but we don't do a whole turkey. We our family small enough. We'll do a turkey breast. Oh, uh, okay, uh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a turkey. And uh, see how that goes. So, That's nice. all right, Jenny. Well, this has been uh, fun giving yeah. thanks for Thanksgiving. And you know, if you want to send in fan mail, oh boy, you can they go, don't. You can go to PO Box three or, or thirty one. What is it? I think it's it's one of those. Try no. try one of those. Little Rock seven two two zero three. Send one to each, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if I get one. Oh my gosh! But you know. Feel free, J and J. We're you know <laughs> the J and J episode yeah. uh, segment. Yeah, but no, know. thanks for having me as always. Letting me just show up. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh man, it, no, this is fun. Uh, trying to take a a fun spin on uh, the Thanksgiving data. Mm-hmm. Uh, most importantly, we hope you guys get out and uh, enjoy some family time, enjoy some downtime, some Definitely. rest, and uh, you know, support. Arkansas farmers by uh, having a good hearty Thanksgiving meal Mm -hmm. and we'll do this again soon. That's it for this week's Arkansas AgCast. But before we go, I'm joined by Arkansas Farm Bureau's Amanda Williams, who's going to give us a sneak peek of what to expect at Arkansas Farm Bureau's annual convention coming up December 1st through 3rd. Amanda, what can we look forward to? As you said, um, the convention will be held December 1st through the 3rd at the uh, Little Rock Marriott and State House Convention Center. We will open um, on Wednesday at 10 a.m. with registration and our trade show. Um, this year's trade show will have over 50 booths of uh, different ag-related vendors. Um, with our general session beginning at 1, where we will hear an address from the governor as well as President Hillman. And on Thursday, we will open with workshops. And have a general session where we'll have Chris uh, Tonto Peranto, who is a former Army Ranger, um, who is also known for uh, being a part of the security team at Bengaz- in Benghazi, Libya. And um, they made a movie about that. Yes, 13 hours. Um, and then we will finish up on Friday with our business session. 
And that's that's it. Three days of excitement. I really appreciate you stopping by to give us the preview. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. The Arkansas AgCast will be off for the holiday next week, so I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Thursday, December 2nd, with interviews and news from Farm Bureau's convention. 